Good afternoon, good evening. If you're going to be watching this podcast, I'm really grateful that you're, you're with us and uh, I'm actually quite, quite excited. It's been a while since we've wanted to bring uh, Shane and be with us. Um, some of you may, may not know him, but we have known him from 20, well, it's about 22 years now. I think he was eight or 10 at the time because he still <laughs> looks quite young. But um, to, to say that, as you know, in this in faith journeys, We've walked a, a, a walk of faith with men of God that we know, including Clark Taylor, who has been a mentor in, in both in Shane's life and in, in my life, as well as Dr. Savell. And um, Shane has been a, a part of what JSMI, uh, and he certainly has been with us, ministering to us and into our life over the years. And we wanted to, to bring him to you. He has a depth of knowledge of the Word of God, which is awesome. But he also is involved in a lot of missionary work and um, with children's homes. And I'm sure he'll tell you about that. So, Shane, I'm, I'm really grateful that you were able to make the time to be with us. And I want to invite you to share your heart with the people and tell them a little bit about your journey. Uh, I, we remembered an earlier one about your grandmother, but probably we won't bring that up. We don't have enough, enough time. We? Yeah. Well, so, well, some of the things in our 22-year journey, man, was what happened in, at your table. Yes. You know, and, yes, and, at the and, house. And, and, you know, and to that point, like, seriously, um, 2002, we met. Yes. Um, and, uh, and through a mutual sort of thing with Clark Taylor. And um, I'm, to, to remove mystery, I, I'm 48, so I was 26 at the time. <laughs> okay. um, and, and I really, truly, like, I, I just thank you. You, um, you and Diane were our second, uh, our second booking ever. Um, and you don't get going. Now, I, there's not any, like, there wouldn't be a Tuesday night free in Australia, New Zealand, Singapore, KL. Praise that God. area, you know, um, the, for the whole year. Praise and. God. But you don't you don't get to that um, unless somebody believes in you first, and I, I really truly uh, you know appreciate it. And what, what you what, what you saw twenty two years ago, th there was a there was a story underneath that, right? Mm. And and all all of our faith develops through experience yep. and how you were raised, and then just uh, I think the theological word for it would be prevenient grace, where um, God just kind of make sure you get this influence and that influence. And so yeah. my, my story is quite unique in the sense that it's diverse. So some people's faith journey is like unilateral. So it's, it's, it's one path, basically the same messaging their whole life. Yeah. That mine's the opposite. Um, mine's, I, I grew up in a old school, like Pentecostal holiness church, okay. right? Like, so... So if it's the word Pentecostal is not enough, we got to add holiness to it. Okay. So, you know, <laughs> like to, to your mention to my grandmother, she'd never cut her hair in her life. Never. Really? Yeah. No, no. Died at oh, uh, 90, I guess. Uh, had never cut her hair. Not once. Um, actually was concerned about it in the hospital while dying. Um, oh, you know, was like, hey, don't let them cut my hair. I don't want to face Jesus with cut hair. Oh, wow. Like it was that, like you, yeah. you, you, you lost your salvation every time, every time you did something bad. So you, okay. you had to remember to say all your sins at night. And it was that kind of, mm. that kind of thing. They scared us to death with this rapture stuff, okay. you know, where they, you know, well, if you don't, if you don't say all your sins, you know, and Jesus comes back, he'll take your parents. You'll be stuck in the house alone. You know? like, <laughs> okay. I, like, I think back, I think back on it now and we can laugh, mm. but it, like, 
child abuse, kind of, <laughs> not physical abuse, yeah. and nobody, no, and no malicious intent. Yeah. But what it does to the psychology of a seven-year-old, and then, but then, um, I went to school, had it from first grade to twelfth grade at an independent, fundamental, premillennial Baptist school. Yeah. Highly academic, um, but the Pentecostal stuff was, um, to them was, uh, at best case, kind of nutty. At worst case, kind of evil, and oh. and so I had to I had to sort of navigate yeah. that. Um, but in that scenario, uh, you're you were secure. Um, your lack of faithfulness does not compromise God's faith at all. He's going to yeah. be true, and so this idea of like losing your salvation that wasn't a thing. But you could tick God off. So that which was a whole <laughs> other thing. So so yeah, so I had this Pentecostal holiness childhood, then a Baptist schooling and then i i went to an interdenominational seminary um that i want to be honest to anybody who would listen to this because if you're listening to this thinking man man that guy that guy's smart or he knew i no i wasn't i i i want to be clear about this and humble um and vulnerable i did not know the value of this when it was happening i was too young and nor did i appreciate it okay. um so at the seminary i went to there was 27 different um, Christian traditions uh, represented on faculty. And so it was, and you weren't allowed to argue. You had to hear the other person out. Well, you know, the 19-year-old in me was like, well, just tell me the one truth, right? And it's like, um, that's that. So this tradition saw it this way. This tradition saw the same scripture this way. This tradition saw it that way. And, and I thought, and, and I, I started, it wasn't until years later that I saw the value because when I first started, it was all, it was all Pentecostal sort of churches. It was Clark Taylor, you guys, Ian mm. Wright, uh, Equippers. Mm. It was all that. But then the next thing I knew, uh, like the Seventh Day Adventist had invited me to come in and speak. Oh, yeah. uh, the Baptists were inviting me to come mm. in and speak. The, um, the Anglicans. I even was invited to do a Catholic thing at one point. And it was in that moment that I realized the value of seeing that. Wait a minute, they're not under the same flag, but we're all fully devoted followers of Jesus. Amen. Right. Yeah. And um and so and so I went to that and that was largely Presbyterian reformed like um it, it what you didn't have to be that but a lot of my professors were from that bit. So I I, I was raised Pentecostal and I was schooled in a Baptist school, went to a interdenominational but pretty <laughs> pretty reformed based mm. seminary. Um and then I met uh, a fully devoted follower of Jesus, I guess what the words we would use would be spirit-filled um, uh, guy that had his rabbi training. And so he taught me a lot of that Hebrew history and, yes. and how to approach the scripture hermeneutically from an ancient perspective. Um, and so if, if you're following along, that was, you know, four, four and a half minutes of, of, of story. But it was basically, it, yes. was, um, it was, you know, race Pentecostal schooled Baptist, uh, seminary <laughs> academic, uh, yeah. reformed, uh, Pentecostal rabbi guy. Mm. And then a guy named Clark Taylor walks into my life oh. and, and, and the power. And, yeah, and that brought that mm. sort of side. And so, um, and so part of what I'm so appreciative for now, I was too young and dumb to understand the weight of the grace that God was, was giving me yeah. to be able to to speak across 
across the board. Mm. Um, and, and so Clark rings me one day. Um, he had come to a church that I was working with in, in America when I was in my early 20s. Happened to, now you've been around this a long time. Mm. How many guest speakers at that level would attend a meeting that the young adults pastor is speaking? Mm. Yeah. And sit on the front row and listen to him. Yeah. That in and of itself, yeah. mm. it's not it's not unheard of, but it's rare. Mm. It would it, not everybody would do that. Well, he had done that, and um, he rang me and said, "Hey, man, um, I'm putting on my first pastors conference in a while, and um, I, I just find your voice really refreshing. Would you uh, would you come and and speak and be, be the second speaker?" And that's mm. where we met. Yeah. Was at that, yeah. And uh, Clark, I, you know, I'm, this was grossly oversimplifying it, but you know, the the Baptist, the Baptist taught me academics, and that's important. Mm. The Pentecostals taught me to be very afraid of God, which oh. which has its place too. Yeah, I I don't think being afraid is right, but but it if if it later translates into awe okay. or yes. hey, take the things of God seriously. Amen. Then that's very yeah. helpful. Yeah. Um, the uh, you know the the seminary taught me some of the deeper things of theology. The my rabbi mentor you know taught me history, metaphors, language, things like that. But then Clark taught me how to pray. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I, I, I and I'm not mad at anybody else. Everybody's got their strengths. But I mean Clark on the banks of the Ashley River in Charleston, South Carolina, one year. Um, he said, "Man, you've got you've got kind of the whole package here in terms of your intellect, your ability to relate to people, mm. your communication ability. Mm. You just um, you just don't know how to pray." And it wasn't, and there was something about the way he said it that wasn't, and you know him, it, mm. it wasn't indicting. No. Like I never felt like, yeah. you know, it was more. Can I come alongside you and teach you how to pray? Yes, amen. And um, always his attitude. Right. Always. Yeah. That what we talk about, the disposition so of Messiah, yeah. um, which was something my rabbi guy taught me, was that the number one test of ministry in the first century was not did it line up with Scripture, because at that time they didn't have mm. all the Scripture. It was, was that delivered in a manner consistent with the disposition of, of Messiah? Christ. Absolutely. Was it compassionate, gracious, slow to anger, abounding in love? And Clark was always, uh, Clark was always that way. And he, uh, it's, it's, in, it's in the next three months that he taught me things that I'd never heard of in seminary or in academia. Mm. And that was, hey, do you know how to build things in your spirit, man? Yes, yes. We, we've used that as, as one, one phrase. The one phrase I've never forgotten from the first prayer meeting I ever went to mm. with him. And he said, Ian, we've got to build it in the spirit. Build it in the spirit. Yep. Before every meeting, before you preach, before you do, yep. you see it. Mm. You speak it. You build that anointing and you build that vision in the spirit first. Yeah, that it, was it. Correct. And that was before, like up until that time, and I don't know what your experience mm. is, but, um, but we've been close friends for a long mm. time. We've had some frank chats. Yes. But I, I've, I, you know, up until that time, that language had been used, not so much building a spirit, but words like, Shane, you got to walk in the spirit or you need to be in the spirit. Not yep. These and And without words, that put pictures around what that looks like. Mm. That's just a frustrating, for someone that was taught from a young age, you take the things of God seriously. 
one of the things that frustrates that child in me is platitudes. So just walk in the spirit. And then I go, and I, I had a conversation with a guy I deeply respect. Mm. He said, Shane, you gotta walk in the spirit. You know? And I said, what's that mean? And he, all, his only answer was, it means as you're walking, you're in the spirit. Well, I'm thinking, you've just said nothing. And, that, and, and I'm not mad at you. That just doesn't help. The thing that, that, that Clark did, I think, for, for, uh, definitely for me, and certainly in, a, in at least a small part to you, or maybe a yeah. major part, was he put words around what that looks like mm. sitting here. So if you and I, if you and I, uh, were we felt in the Lord that we were aspiring to whatever. Mm. And we go, man, we need to build that in our spirit. Now, because of him, we realize it's a disciplined imagination. Mm. It's contemplative yes. prayer. It's yes. asking God, what would this look like mm. if, you, if you got yep. in the middle of this? It show us the picture of that. And then that builds faith. And, and once you can see something that you haven't yet attained, well, the, the gap, between those two things is, is, comes is the faith to, yeah. is is that's um that's that's the way I um that's the way I in, envision faith working is um you know that's that, that scripture that everybody would on y'all's world would definitely know that faith is the substance of things hoped for but in the evidence more. things not seen that so is, as someone that tries to put those things into practice yes. um the ability to just see it in a disciplined way. And then what you'll, and, and this brings in some older rabbinical teaching, which is um, a fleeting imagination will not hurt you nor help you. So if you have a fleeting, yeah. say, hate thought, mm. let's say you have a hate thought mm. and it just comes and goes, that's not gonna hurt you. It's yeah. actually normal. But it's when you build Maybe that, you, you remunerate mm. on you, you build a picture of what mm. it would look like for them to be harmed. Yeah. Well, then your reality will start drawing to that. Yeah. Um, and eventually you'll act on it. Yeah. Well, that's true negatively. It's it's also this is basic neuroprogramming as well, but it's it's also true positively. So what Clark and to a, and to a large part you guys, um, I you know I I knew the word of faith, faith but yeah. I, but that was not my tradition. No, with your flow. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So, but you guys taught me how to operate in faith, how to activate faith, mm -hmm. and so I met. Um, I, I met Pastor Jerry um, twice, um, both, and, and I had an opportunity to meet him the third time. It was at Dallas Airport, and I know what it's like to fly, and I just didn't, I couldn't, I didn't have the courage to just walk up to him. But, um, but I met him, I met him once at Clark's. He was, he was speaking there. Yep. And, um, and, and again, the thing that marked him for me, although he was an outstanding preacher, an outstanding storyteller, Yes. Someone that invokes faith in you. Yes. The thing that I was like, I was like, that's the nicest human being. Again, absolutely. The disposition of Messiah. Right. And mm. and the second time I met him was, um, it's 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 at the um, headquarters outside of Fort Worth. Yes, Crowley. In, in Crowley, mm. um, um, uh, a guy named John Ben Dixon, um, who yeah. when when I was going to South Africa a lot, um. I used to speak for them yeah. quite a bit, and, and I would call John a good friend. We mm. played golf. We, um, you know, we've been all over the place mm. out there together. And uh, and he's like, you need to come, be around these people. And so I actually went there specifically mm. um, to to go there with John. And again, faith activation. Um, you walk away believing you can do greater things. Um, you, there's a clarity around trust and belief yep. and action. Um, but 
again, uh, the thing that I still remember the feeling of, these people are kind. Yes. And so whatever it is they believe matters less than how they believe it. Yeah. So, so, so let's, say, let's say you believe God is kind. That doesn't matter. What matters is, is that that belief gets so deep in you that it activates mm. you to live kind. Mm. And, and, and you guys have um, sort of bridged that. And so yeah. that's, a, that's, that's kind of a sh very short yeah. caricature of my right. faith. But me. that's the same, you have the same uh, disposition as Clark. I remember when Clark, when I first met him and you, he was wanting to build the new big building that they've got. Oh, yeah, yeah. And I, and I remember thinking about him. He would say it with such confidence about, this is what I see, this is what we're going to do. And it was like there was no doubting. Mm. Wasn't sure how it was going to happen, mm. but it was going to happen. Because I've built it in the spirit. Mm. I have spoken it out. And he spoke it out with a confidence and a trust in the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ by the Holy Spirit. Mm. Well, that's it. Yeah. I, I had that quite confident expectation that what I believe is going to manifest. Mm. And yes. you go, okay. And he, and, he, and he was able he was able to build this, I don't know what to call it, so if this is an inappropriate word, please, but mm. atmosphere? Yeah. Um, this atmosphere of faith. Correct. That um, went past mm. just doing it. Um, like, just think about, because you're familiar with the journey, like, think about the favor he has had with government stuff. Like the, the, the people we watch this around the world in Australia, you can't just build a building because you own the land. No. <laughs> like mm. it is a million dollars of <laughs> rigmarole of, of permits and <laughs> yeah. all kinds of stuff. And um, and he he it it wasn't just the believing for the finance, which is what everybody thinks, although that's a part of it. Mm. It was the hey, they're going to let me do this, mm. and um, and so yes, yeah, so we. I, I, my rabbi taught me about the disposition of Messiah, and that's important. Clark taught me how to build that atmosphere every day around me so that I come across with that disposition. Amen. And, and you've, you've always given me that feedback, like um, even when I could have come hard at someone with my intellect, mm -hmm. I didn't. I just, oh. And I want, and, and so that's something, and mm. this is true every day, every day of my life, for at least two minutes, yeah. I, I meditate on what would, what would people around me feel if the love of Christ, if the love of Christ was around me even mm. to 1% of its fullness, right? And I try to picture compassion, mm. grace, slow anger, because I meet 10,000 people a year, I guess. I don't know, a mm. lot. Um, and, and, and I can't remember them and they'll remember me, but what they'll more remember than what I say oh, yeah. is when I shake their hand, I, I, I try to minister mm. that kindness. And, and I think that's what, what does come across. And, and there was a phrase that you've used when you've preached for us before, and it was an old story and then I'm, I'm excited. You've got a, an app or something come out, yeah. which I, I need you to tell people. Okay. About. But before that, you know, there's. The name above every name. There's various messages mm. that you've preached and we've chewed on mm. uh, over supper after the service. But there was the one phrase which all of us, I think, of time and Vicky and Lee, Diane and the staff, 
if it has to be anybody that's wrong, let it be me. Mm. From the story from Jerusalem, yeah. from Israel, when you were with that rabbi mm. driver and you said, Lane, no, we're not going to, if anybody's going to be wrong, let it be me. Yeah. And, and we have fed on that over these last years and months mm. and said, Lord, it's, it's that disposition. And, and that's what I want the people to understand is when, listen to Shane, this, this is not about um, just having a place to preach or being a good preacher. It is an impartation of the Spirit of God that's on the man and, 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 and Dr. Savell's the same way, is that it's on him, he carries it, and he expresses it, and then it comes through the teaching mm. because we're teaching for impartation right. to the people right. and not to be right or wrong, as he will tell you in, in Scripture, but it's to be debated. Yes. It is to be chewed upon. Yeah. It is to be... Yeah. Um, and I know. Oh, sorry. What, what yeah. happens is, I think I think it would do the people good to know the story you're referencing because it's mm. a very powerful story. Yeah. That, so let's talk about the antithesis of that story, and I think it's the antithesis of Dr. Jerry Savelle's ministry and what he stands for, mm. and that is the antithesis narrative in the Bible of of the Word of Faith, and is is the is the Babel story. So the Babel story is in Genesis 11, mm. and it's about a group of people who only want to hang out with people that look like them and sound like them and yep. right and so what they they so in other words we can't hear anybody else out we there there's no room for whatever and so when that happens inevitably they'll build people who live like that end up trying to build a tower to their great name instead of a table to invite everybody in Amen. and and so in 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 a world where everybody watching this a hundred percent of the messaging you're going to get all week long in your social media feed is algorithmically guaranteed to only give you what you already think. And so it, it promotes Babel, which is then immediately us and them thinking in and out thinking. Whereas um, when I, the story Ian was referencing was when I was, I got a chance to study, uh, he wasn't a rabbi, d d just a small thing. He was um, he was a like a PhD in ancient history and archaeology oh, at the yeah. university, and he does um, um, uh, academic tours for like PhD candidates. Okay, okay. and so in a, in other words, this guy's forgotten more than we know about that topic. Yeah, right. And so we were there, and he blew my mind, and uh, and and he blew my mind so much that I acted violently. I was like, it was metaphorical. Obviously, I was like, really, really. <laughs> well, you know that I, if I did that to you, you would know I was amazed. Yeah. yeah. He, the English is in his second, is in his first language. So he was, he thought I wanted to argue. And, um, and he was like, oh, Shane, peace between us is the most important thing. If one of us needs to be wrong, let it be me. Please let it be me so that the world can see the Christ that holds us both together. Yeah, would man. you let me be wrong so they can see Jesus? And we then had a great discussion on how I didn't think he was wrong. I, mm -hmm. I, I was amazed. Um, but, uh, but that disposition um, yeah. is... But do you know that one phrase affected the church, but more importantly affected the leadership, affected Lee and Vicky and I. And, I, and, and it's important that you understand as well, and people understand as you share about your teaching thing, is is that you impart. 
Thank you. And it doesn't necessarily have to be two hours of teaching. Mm -hmm. But there is something that God imparts to our heart and goes, that's changed my life. Mm. That changed my life. Thank you. And you go, okay, I take hold of that because often Don would tell me, oh, you missed a big opportunity there to walk in love, wouldn't you? Mm. <laughs> because that's it is. That is the Christ in us reaching out in love to that person saying, it's me. Yeah. I'll, I'll take that. I'll take it for the sake of that. Yeah. Us being seen. Yes. But me. just that we appreciate your teaching, appreciate you coming. Um, but now I know all the information will come up on the screen later. Mm -hmm. But just share, I hear you've got a new app that you can... Yeah that's encompassing all your teaching. Yeah, so, so we live with a conviction that we're not simply called to go to heaven. We're called to, on our way to heaven, bring heaven there, place we see hell here. And so um, our mission of choice um, is to create funds for the poor and the afflicted. Yeah. Namely, we have three children's homes in China that look after children with mental disabilities, two in Hinyang, one in Changsha. Uh, we work with the government there. Yeah. They, they, they've given us quite a bit of favor, actually. Um, we also... Um, um, we've worked with uh, diversion options um, for Polsmore Prison as yeah. well uh, in terms of creating a better world. The, the theological world, the word for that is, is resurrection. Um, this despair is the belief that my tomorrow is simply repeating yesterday. Right. Resurrection is like, no, no, no. You never know what God can you do to your day that changes everything. And so, and so that's, that's our mission. Now, one of the ways we fund that is through our teaching resources. And we've always had the USBs and audio and video, yep. and they're certainly available. Um, but what we did uh, this year is we took a step of faith. Um, it cost a lot, but we took a step of faith, um, and we put everything in an app. And, um, and so there's a, there's a free element to the app, um, and then there's a, a mid-level element, and then there's a, a subscription um, element. And the app is something we never had before. It, it, can, um, it, it can take take donations in the currency of the country that people live in. Okay. So, uh, and so it, that app has all of our resources, not just what I can take around. Okay. Um, it's right there on the, you know, on your device. Mm -hmm. um, and, um, and hopefully, uh, my goal is five days a week to go in every day and put a two minute inspiration for the day Amen. in that. And so, um, and so they can get that app by clicking on the link um, at the bottom of the screen and, um, and, you know, and help us, help us spread the word. And, and hopefully as you encounter some of the teaching I do, hopefully they'll experience what you said, which is not just information, but an impartation of, of a spirit of loving kindness and of Christ that, that actually is the key to changing. Amen. As you said, we're not called to, to just go to heaven. We're not called just to, to be here, but we're to make a difference. Mm. And, and that's what I believe that Jason Samaya and Dr. Savell and us, we're here, and that, and that statement is that we're here to, to make people's lives better. Mm. We use that as a, as a church. And, and how can we be kind with you? We want to be the kindest people, and Brother Jerry is, and that mm. was, comes through the ministry. Very and so, so we're to help people become winners in the game of life. Mm. And I believe, Shane, that, uh, that if the people will hook into this, they will see this, they'll hear your heart, and that we're here just as if you were watching Love for you to contact the office. You'll see the information. Um, grab hold of his uh, website, shamewillard.com. Shamewillministries.org. Shamewillministries.org. Yeah. And uh, you'll see he's preaching throughout the, the country, preaching all the time mm. in smaller churches as well. 
uh, around the place that you wouldn't normally expect him to turn up in, but he does that and he goes that everywhere. So just wanted to, to say thank you for watching. I hope it has been inspiring to you that God can take two different people, different backgrounds, and, and, and meld them together where there is a, there is a friendship over 22 years. Yeah. But it's based because of the goodness and the grace of Jesus in our lives. So I hope you've enjoyed that. We look forward to catching up. I'm sure Shane would love to see you at his meetings. If you do come across the meeting, go and say hi to him because it is the people that matter because it is empowering people in our lives that will cause Christ to come back even sooner. And we bless you and we thank you for watching us. God bless, good night, good day, or where you're watching from. We love you and we'll see you again.